Do you ever wonder what it really takes to create a million dollar brand? I know a lot of people do. It seems like such a big number and when you are just starting out, it seems like it's so hard to get there. But today on the podcast, we're talking about the secret to creating a million dollar brand and I want to share with you right now, it's not what you think it is. So buckle up. I want you to really open your mind to this. Let's hop into the episode and we'll just spill it. Welcome to the Roadmap to 50K on Shopify. Each week, we'll take you behind the scenes of real stores where you're going to learn actionable strategies and tips that will fast track the growth and profitability of your e-commerce business. So buckle up. Welcome your host and Shopify expert, Susan Bradley. Hey everybody, welcome back. I've got to tell you that I have been waiting to record this episode for a long time. I'm here with Deshaun Russell. I have known her for several years and admired her for the whole time. She is amazing. Deshaun is the owner of Southern Elegance Candles, and I've got to tell you, we just had this conversation. I think she is a genius in a lot of different areas, and I want to share that with you, but one of the things that she is a genius at is messaging. So, Listen, Deshaun, even though this podcast is titled The Secret to Creating a Million Dollar Brand, I hope that if everybody listens up and they take away one thing, I really want them to take away how important uh, the messaging is and the authenticity in their brand is, because I feel like that is where you have, like that gave you a great place to launch your business from. So I'm going to stop talking. Now, and can you just tell everybody a little bit about Southern Elegance and you, like how you got started? Because it's a great story and kind of like the cliff notes on how you got to where you are today, which is an amazing place. So I was a typical kid. My mom told me to major in education, be a teacher and then support my husband. Like that was my whole you know, goal in life was just to be a teacher and marry rich. And I married a guy and we did incredibly well. And, but one day I decided I hated being a teacher and I didn't want to be a meme, like going viral on the internet for kicking desks and ripping bulletin boards off the wall because I couldn't stand it. So I quit. And at the time I was selling like my little wares, you know, soaps and sugar scrubs and all of that at flea markets and stuff. And I was like, oh, if I could just do enough to replace my teaching salary, which I tell people was $2,400. If I could just make $2,400 a month, I would be happy. So I quit my teaching job and then started this company. And I really had to focus on what do I do well and what can I make the most money with? So I decided to focus on the candles because they had the highest margins. And I focused on the Southern aspect of it because I was born in Alabama, lived in North Carolina, lived in Georgia. And I was like, I can speak authentically about this. So I just said, okay, I'm going to create a business about something that I like, fragrances that I like, focus on Southern living, and, you know, just replace my little teacher salary. (laughs) Somewhere in all of that, I said, I think I can make a real business out of this, not this flea market kind of stuff that I was doing, but a legit business where I'm making real money. 
And around the time that I had that same kind of mentality, I met Susan and she gave me the foundation to build that. Because at the time I was focusing kind of on wholesale and doing fairs and festivals and stuff like that. And then when I met Susan and she gave me the foundations for e-commerce and going straight to consumer, that was what I needed. Now, having said that, I don't want to make it seem like it was like an easy road that I, she just gave me these, you know, these steps, the things that I needed to do to focus on my e-commerce. It was a lot, a lot of hard work. It took some time. It took about a year and a half for us to get to where we are now, but that's pretty much how it happened. Like I just decided one day, I think that I can be rich. Yeah. This company is going to make me rich. I knew it. I did. <laughs> you, you did. You told me. I still remember yeah. when you were you have the, I think you have a million dollar company on your hand. And I was like, who is she talking to? Like, if I could just do, oh man, I think at the time I just wanted to do $20,000 a month or $30,000 a month. I think that was like what I wanted to do. I was like, man, if I could just do that, I'd be happy. Yeah. So here's why I thought that. And and so listen up everybody. What I, The reason I thought that is that I see you, Deshaun, as a problem solver. You are really good at attacking a problem and just solving it, not getting in your own way. That that was number one. But, but, but really, when I looked at the big picture of what you had, <laughs> you know, you had huge proof of concept. You had a lot of wholesale accounts, but your e-commerce was really the, like the poor cousin, right, that didn't get all the time and attention. And But you had huge proof of concept, all these stores that kept ordering from you and ordering from you. And what I really saw when I looked at your website is like you have a great eye, everything you do. And I know you don't do it all yourself, but all your social media, your website, everything that you put out in the world looked, not only did it look beautiful, but it looked authentic. Like it looked real. Like I actually could picture myself being in your little uh, manufacturing facility. And, and then when I looked at your messaging, like you are a brilliant storyteller, like brilliant. And like you have the best, like your about page is the best. And I still remember when I found your, some of your videos that tell your brand story. And you do it in such, like, I wasn't born in the South, but like I was buying the candles by the time I had read it because you, you do it in such an effective and relatable way that you can actually see, you know, when you talk about your grandmother and the smells and I was just like, oh man, this is so good. And so I would love to know, like, that was really, I feel like it was just really so good. How did you... Uh, like, how did you figure out how you could craft that story? And everyone has to go watch. I'm going to put it in the show notes so they can go see that video that made me think, and your about page, that made me think, oh, this woman is a genius. <laughs> like, what steps did you take when you set out to do that? Because that was, I think that is the sticky part of your business. So I think that there are several parts to it. And, you know, I'm the type of person that I'm going to just put everything out there and, you know, just be real with what I think is the thing. Number one, I'm a black woman that live in the South and I love it here. I love it, love it, love it. Wouldn't live anywhere else. And so for a lot of people, in particular, people that are not black, they kind of go, what? Black people love living in the South? And the people that are not from the South kind of go, what? Black people love living in the South? I thought it was full of racism and, you know, hard times for them when that is so not the case. 
So my great grandmother literally started churches under trees and um, built churches all up and down the East Coast. My grandmother went to college during the 60s. So I come from a long line of women that were accomplished. So I grew up with all of these really strong women around me. And I had a great childhood. We were poor. I worked in the fields. But overall, it was like this really, really great childhood. And so I think sometimes when people see the brand, there's first this dichotomy that they have to figure out, you know, is this real? A lot of times when people see the brand and then they meet me, they're kind of like, who is she like? And then when they hear the stories and then I talk about the fragrances and all of that, it really builds a bigger picture for people. So the brand is all about inclusivity. It's all about family, you know, because I I literally grew up with my great grandmother. She didn't pass away until I was in my mid 20s. And I had great-grandmothers on both sides of the family, grandparents. So when you put all of that together, like it's just exactly what people need to, to hear right in this moment. Then when you add the political climate that was happening at that time where it was like so divisive, but then you have this brand that's so inclusive, like it made people really want to be a part of it. Not just because I'm Black or just because it's Southern or just because it's family. It's like all of that put together just makes a really compelling story that anybody literally can relate to. If you grew up in the South, there's a part that you can relate to. If you love your grandmama, there's a part to it that you can relate to. If you are a woman, there's a part that you can relate to. If you are female, there's a part that you can relate to. If you are Black, there's a part that you can relate to. So regardless of like where you are, there's something in that story that you can relate to. And then we have different messaging based off of who we're talking to. When we're talking to Black people and we're targeting Black people, we have a message for them. When we're talking to people that are from the South, we have a message for them. When we're talking to women, we have a message for them. Then you add the whole layer of me being, you know, middle age, 50, starting all over and getting a divorce and building a company in the midst of all of that chaos. Like, it's just such a great story. It's just so uplifting. And it gives a lot of people hope. At the end of the day, I think the story really is just about hope. Wow. I, I mean, I think you're bang on. I did not realize, you know, and I feel like I, you know, I followed you for probably three years, right? We've, you, you know, you've been in my world and client and I've admired you the whole time, but I did not realize that you created actually different messages for who it is that you're talking to. And so was this just like, I'm not surprised, like when I hear that you had a great childhood and you came from a long line of small women, because one thing I've always uh, felt strongly about you is you have the confidence and like, you don't second guess yourself, at least publicly a whole lot, you are confident of, in what you're doing. But how did was that just intuitive for you to understand that you had to create that story around your brand? It, it wasn't intuitive. It's just like my life. So if you're creating a brand and it's authentic, then it's not there. there it, it's literally just my life. So I don't think it's anything special about it, because it's literally my life. Other people find it fascinating. So I think that anybody that's building a brand, if it is completely authentic, 
you don't have to like work on your story if it is authentic. If you are solving a problem, like I hate that. I, I'm not even going to say solving a problem because we don't solve any problems. If you got a stinky house, you can buy Febreze. You don't have to buy an expensive candle. So we're not solving a problem. We are like a vitamin. We are adding to people's lives. We're not aspirin. We're not, you know, curing your headache. We are a vitamin. We're adding to, we're supplementing what is already there. So for me, with our story, it's just, it's literally just my life. And I think if more brands approach what they're doing more as a supplement uh, versus a cure, they would get more traction. Because at the end of the day, you can buy a dollar, you know, lipstick. You can go to, you know, any store and buy a dollar lipstick. But if you create a brand and you have a $20 lipstick, it's the story that's going to sell it. But why did you create that $20 lipstick? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is it the colors? Is it the, you know, the ingredients or whatever it is? And when you create it from that authentic place, you don't have to worry about the story. The people that the story will relate to will find you. And when we find people that don't relate to our story, we do not care and we don't talk to them and we send them their money back and we send them on their way. Yeah. Then we don't try yeah. to convince them that the, 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 the candles are great. You can't relate. That is fine. Good luck finding a brand that speaks to you. And so we really focus on those people that we know get what we are trying to do. So I just have to say to everyone who's listening, I, I really want you to go have a look at Deshaun's about page and her videos and because it is it is incredibly powerful. And I think what she's telling you all here is that it's actually natural and easy. It's, I'm going to say, Deshaun, it's not natural that you recognize this right off the bat. This is part of your genius. But for everyone who doesn't have that, what you're, what you're telling them is that they have the ability to create that for themselves. 100%. I think yeah. everybody that starts that, anybody whose motivation isn't money. Now, my, my let me be clear. My motivation is money. I'm trying to get rich. But... <laughs> I ain't doing this for charity. Now I want to make some money. But at the end of the day and at the core of what I do, money doesn't drive what we do. Right. There is a, a sincere desire for people to know, you know, about me, the company living in the South and my story. So that story drives everything that we do here at the company. So if you start a business, whatever that compelling reason is behind money, because, you know, we, we, we do live in America, it's capitalist, blah, 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 blah. but right up under there, whatever that story is, like, tell it. And I think people are scared to tell their story, especially women. Yeah. Women are taught to play small and not be authentic and not ask for what you want. I struggle with this a lot, even now, you know, even when I tell people, you know, yeah, we're doing in excess of a million dollars a year and I want to get us to 10 million. Sometimes people look at me like, why do you need 10 million? You know, because I want 10 million. That's my, that's my number. Like what? But so you're almost encouraged to play small and not be authentic and not tell your story and be behind the scenes. And I struggle with that still, like how much of me do I want to show? Because yeah. I can be crazy at times, you know, so how much is authentic? But I find the more I show, the more authentic I am, the more customers we get and the more money we make. 
Yeah. Well, I just like, I've seen you do a little crazy and it just makes me love you more. <laughs> Actually. So, uh, I mean, I still remember, remember that call we had and your little boy was like flopping around in the background at your office and you said, yes. oh my gosh, I took him to school. I forgot it wasn't a school day. <laughs> I thought, oh, I could have done that. Yeah. I get it completely. But oh, I just, you know, I just think it's so good when you, you know, when you just are real in yourself. But I want to ask you quickly, um, when you do that brand video, and you're very good on video, you do a lot of videos, what were the steps you took? Like, how did you put together that story that you created that very first one, which is just so well done? So I think, okay, so that's not our first video. That's okay. just the one that turned out well. Um, we had two other videos before that. And I want to be clear, I used those other sucky videos until I got a better video. Oh. So I don't want people to ever think that what they put out has to be phenomenal. I've put out sucky stuff. You know, my, my favorite fa phrase is launch it broken fix it live. So when I got a video that I didn't like, I was like, okay, these are, I'm going to use this video because I paid for it. But these are the things that I didn't like about it. So then the next time we got a video, I was like, okay, we had a video. This was it. These are the things I didn't like. These are the one, things I want to fix. Second video, I was like, eh, it's all right. You know, I'm going to use it. Third time, I said, okay, I can't keep being cheap. I got to pay real money for this video and hire real videographers that know how to do stuff. And then I had a clear idea of what I needed to do because I had already failed two times before. So I want to be clear about that part. About time you see something that looks really good, that means I failed quite a few times up to that. We don't ever launch something amazing. Like most of the time we launch something mediocre and gradually get it to amazing through trial and error. So that video came as a result of all of the other two videos that I did that I didn't like it. Even that video, I don't like the lighting. Like they, the guy was kind of artistic with the lighting and doing his little artistic type thing. But I, I'm not a big fan of the lighting. But the video still exists. One day I'll upgrade and have an even better video. And then, you know, it'll be what it is. But I want to be clear that that video, nothing ever launches phenomenal the first time. It's always a work in progress. Always. Okay, guys. So see what I mean about Deshaun does not get in her own way. Because uh, what you said is just gold and everybody needs to onboard that, that, you know, don't compare your, uh, your starting point to somebody else's middle. And if you think for one minute that they started out this way, you know, you're making stuff up. <laughs> So I love that you, uh, like you just came out and said, that's not your first video. I did not know that was your first, not your first video, but it makes complete sense for sure. So let's talk about the other thing I see that you have done in your, uh, what year actually did Southern Elegance, what, what year would you say you became a real business? I launched in 2016. So 20... 18 probably is when I would say I became a real business. Ooh. And that is the year that I met you. It is. I started working with you. So good. So, so let's talk about the other thing that I think is a real zone of genius for you. And that is your amazing ability to create opportunities for yourself and 
and Southern elegance. And so I haven't met anyone actually that has created as many opportunities for themselves as you. So can we talk about some of the things that you've done? Like I know you've won awards, you've been in incubators, you've done lots of speaking. Could you just talk about some of those things that you've done, kind of well, what they were, why you did them, and why it's important for us as owners of brands to seek out some of these opportunities? half the battle is showing up, like literally half the battle is showing up. And so there have been times when I've applied for stuff and <laughs> I might've been the only woman that showed up and applied. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. I'm the only woman and then, or I'm the only black person that even thought to apply that automatically gives me an edge. It's not, doesn't mean that I'm going to win or succeed, but just the fact that I was even <laughs> had the audacity to show up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that most people don't live in their audaciousness enough. And so whenever I see anything, I always go, oh, I'm applying for this. Like, I don't care what it is. I apply for everything. I show up for everything. So it always seems like I'm always doing something because I am. If somebody says we have an incubator and I look at the qualifications, hell, sometimes I don't even qualify and I still be like, I'm going to apply. And they'd be like, then try again next year. And then I try again next year. The Goldman Sachs incubator that I got in, uh, which was a, a phenomenal, highly recommended for anybody, the Goldman Sachs 10,000 small business program. You know, I was talking to my advisor one day and he was like, you know, you barely made the cut. But there was something about you that they must have really felt compelled to let you in because there were people way more qualified than you. Yeah. And I didn't take it as an insult. I was like, you'll see. You know, my attitude was like, you'll see why I'm here. And by the end of it, you know, I called him uh, about a year later and I said, hey, you know, I took what I learned and I made we, we've done about a million dollars in sales. And he said, I'm not surprised. Yeah. So I think I don't think that in particular, I'm gonna go back to women. We're not audacious enough. We don't have the audacity to think that we can actually do something. And this audaciousness did not happen overnight. I had to keep applying and showing up and then succeeding and failing. I failed at a lot of things. I want to be clear about that part. I There have been a lot of things I wanted to do and um, have failed miserably at it. So, but I have, whenever I see anything, I say, I am going to try that. I'm going to show up for that. I'm going to see if I can be successful at that. And then I just take that and use it as a stepping stone for the next thing. But I, there's a certain amount of fearlessness that you have to have if you're going to run a business. You cannot run a successful business scared. There's It's impossible. Or your business will stay small. Or you will be the person trying to do everything all the time, which is another thing that I see. So I was lucky enough to have people around me that said, you're going to have to hire people. And I was brave enough to hand over the reins to other people. So certain amount of audacity for you to think that you can do it. And then there's a certain amount of bravery where you have to actually show up and do the thing. Yeah, I see that in you too. Like I, I always felt like you took risks mm-hmm. and, and you, you were, you would try anything and you weren't, af- you weren't afraid to hire someone and say, okay, this is how we're doing this and, and let them own it. There's so, so much that's good about that. Every time you, I stop talking and let you talk, I'm writing down some nugget of gold that, you know, would make a perfect meme. 
<laughs> for people like us. So good. But when we think about all of the opportunities, I know you've done a lot, uh, a lot of public speaking with veterans groups too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, many incubators. What would you say of all the things you've done, all the times you've thrown yourself out there and 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 taken what came back? What would you say has given you the most uh, ROI on your effort? What was the best experience for you? Two things, and I don't want anybody to be offended about what I'm about to say. Uh, but two things happened. One, I was with Bunker Labs. It's a military organization. I was at an event and they had a bunch of speakers there. And me and this guy were chit-chatting. And he said, I'm going to sell my company for a billion dollars. <laughs> and me, I was like, this dude, did he say a billion? Like, he couldn't possibly, a billion? Like, come on. And then he said, yeah, my cut is 300 million. And then I had to sit up and I was like, no, he meant a billion dollars and he has three partners and they're a billion. And I was sitting there talking to him and we were just conversing and he was talking to me like I was a real business person. And I was looking like, dude, like I got this little rinky dink candle company located in the sticks and we talking and you said a billion, but I had to hold it together and look like, yeah, a billion dollars. That sounds about right for you. <laughs> what? I was like, my, you can still tell my mind is blown. I saw a billion, he had the audacity to value his company at a billion dollars. Uh, and I was like, I am playing so small. Like, what? That was the first thing. And I was like, I'm playing way too small. Just my numbers are way too small. So it was just a mindset thing. Was conversation. Yeah, great. So generally speaking. Whatever number you're thinking is way too small. <laughs> Even now, you know, I'm thinking, you know, if I could just be 10 million in the big scheme of things, that's pr probably way too small. But it's a goal that I feel like I can get to. Yeah. Now, the second thing that happened is when I was at the Goldman Sachs training, I was looking around and like there were people in the room whose family had handed them a business, mm. like a whole business. Your family, your daddy handed you a multi-million dollar company. And that's when I was like, okay, first off, the the, play, the playing ground is not fair. It's not level. It's not fair. And that's when I said, you cannot compare yourself to anybody else because these people were literally handed a million dollar company. And then some of them were quite dumb. <laughs> Like in the in there, and I was looking around like these people really are not that bright, <laughs> and they're running a company, and they're not that bright. They are just not that they they are struggling with like basic kind of stuff. I remember I was in there, and somebody was like, "Yeah, how do you get a loan a line of credit from the bank?" And I was like, <laughs> "My bank called me and was like, hey, um, you're running a bunch of money through here. Do you need a line of credit?'" And at the time, I was like, I don't even know what a line of credit is, but yeah, I'll take it. How much do I get? And she gave me the number. I was like, oh, I don't even taking that much. I took something lower than that. But, you know, I was just in there like, it's a facade. And that's when I said, I'm going to just be 100% authentic and honest about what it takes. Because there are so many people that it's a facade. 
They don't tell you that they were handed a million dollar company. They don't tell you that they have investors. They don't tell you that, you know, they have all of these things around them to prop them up and make them successful. You just see the success. And I got to see behind the curtain to realize what? We just sold a bill of goods. Like yeah. anybody can start, not anybody can start a business. Anybody can start a business. Most people can find a way to make it profitable, um, but only a few are going to be able to take it to that next level where you are consistently making $100,000 a year. That seems to be the first goal that people try to get to. Yeah. Then 500000 and then a million, and then 5000000 million, and then $10 million. That seems to be like the kind of growth that people, the markers that people look. And so the fact that we made a million so quickly is what surprises people. Yeah. But if you knew that my number is actually $10 million, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then to have eventually the company to have a valuation of $100 million, like those are the numbers that I'm thinking. But being in those rooms with those people, if I hadn't have been in those rooms, I would still be thinking, oh, if I could just do $20,000 a month, I'd be happy. Yeah. No, we get POs for $20,000 now. Yeah. So good. Because what it helps all of us understand is that uh, a lot of what we learn is just by being in the room. Mm -hmm. It's not this big aha, the skies open up and, you know, a message comes out to us that is, you know, an action we can take that's going to change our business. It's more about really understanding uh, where we fit in in the the world and, and the ecosystem and how much control we actually have over our mm -hmm. business. And I, I feel like that's what you're saying is that you just realize that there's no magic here. These people are where they are for all sorts of reasons. And I have mm -hmm. never had as much opportunity as they do, but it's up to me to make it happen. So true. So true. Love it. And again, I take it back to being a woman. And that's in my case, right, a lot of times. Yeah, in particular, a black woman, you know, nobody ever told me, yeah, you can run a multi-million dollar company. Yeah, you can run a company with a hundred million dollar valuation. In fact, when I think about how many black women that I can think of right now that owns a company that's valued at a hundred million dollars, there's not a lot that I can think of. Yeah, Oprah. Yeah, you know, so yeah. the, the youth. I'm sure there are more. Yeah. Yeah, but if you if you say, oh, you know, a, a white male that owns a hundred million dollars, you know, the list is just go to Forbes or you know or whatever, and you got a whole list. But then when you look at females, all of a sudden that list shrinks, and then when you look at black women, all of a sudden it's like minuscule. Yeah. And so it was like, how do I who who do I think I am to have the audacity to think that I can grow this like that? Yeah. So I had to overcome that kind of limiting and scarcity mindset. Yeah, for sure. So let's turn a little bit and let's talk about somebody who might actually need to hear from you today. Mm -hmm. Because it might be someone, and we have lots of them in the inner circle, someone who's just working hard to build a brand and they're asking themselves how long is this going to take me? Am I even on the right track? Some days I feel like I'm I'm going to get this and other days I feel like I should throw in the towel and go back to my job. Can you just share with them, I guess, some highlights of your journey? Like what, what, what are some of the things that you did that really moved the needle and up-leveled your business? And what made you feel like you were on the right track that you should keep going? Because what I've heard you say several times now is the all the failures before the wins. 
so true. <laughs> what keeps me going? Let me tell you something. A couple of months ago, I walked in here and I was like, I'm done. I'm about to shut this whole thing down. I'm sick of this. <laughs> and that was like literally two months ago. I was like, I'm done. I'm tired. I don't want to work this hard anymore. Like, I can't do this. And then the next day, we got uh, an email from a, a major corporation that I can't really talk about right now. But um, we got an email from a major corporation like, hey, we see you. We want to talk to you. And I was like, what? <laughs> like yesterday, I was going to shut it all down. And now we got the what? And then so I think, again, it goes back to half the battle is showing up and then having the audacity to believe that you can do it. And then not being afraid to fail and learning from those failures and still getting up every day and continuing. So what keeps me going now is the fact that I signed a, a 10 year lease on a million dollar plus business. And so, I mean, a million dollar plus building. And so now it's just like, OK, uh, you, you might want to quit, but you can't quit because you have obligated yourself to something way bigger than you. Now, how am I going to pay for it? Will we have the money, the orders and all of that? I hope so. I have no clue. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. But what I do know is every day I'm going to show up and I'm going to do my part to move the business forward. So I think that that mentality of what can I do today to move my company forward? Am I taking the steps necessary to move the company forward? If I stumble and fall, do I have the capacity to get up and learn from this? I'm going to tell you, I don't think I've ever told this story before. But um, I was doing a custom candle line for a major celebrity and they're difficult to work with. And I, I vowed I would never work with another one. And halfway through it, I said, I quit. I'm not doing this anymore. I don't particularly care for you people. And I'm not making this candle line. And they were like, oh, you're going to make it because you signed a contract. And if you don't, we're going to sue you. And there would not be any Southern elegance, anything, anywhere. And I was like, I don't care. I dare you. Just do it. Because I'm sick of y'all. I'm not making these candles. And for about three months, I lived in a constant state of stress, waiting for the sheriff to show up with the summons saying that I was being sued by the celebrity. Um, eventually, you know, it all went away. So I have made some gigantic missteps. But at the end of the day, I still come in here. So I don't know that there's any secret sauce or there's anything that I can say other than every day I get up and I try to do something to move the company forward. At this point, I have a minimum of 15 employees. Sometimes I have as many as 30 when we're really busy during the holiday season. And then I know that I have those people that depend on me. And I take that part very serious. Like, am I doing everything that I can to make sure that they are getting the hours that they need to feed their family? So all of that kind of just comes together that makes me want to get up every day and grow the company and grow the business. I don't know if that answered the question because I feel like there's no secret sauce. Like if you're doing it and you feel compelled to do it, then you got to get up every day and do it. Like there's nothing, you got to figure out something. You got to look for opportunities. You got to figure out how to get the money. You got to actually do the work and stop listening to these internet gurus that make it seem like it's just going to happen overnight because it's not. Yeah, you're gonna make it's steps. not. You're gonna fail. You're gonna have to learn from them failures. There's gonna be times when you don't have enough money and you don't know where the money is coming from, and you have to figure it out. 
run a sale or do some stuff that people say, oh, you shouldn't do this. Yes, I'm going to do it because I need the money. Like, and I'll figure it out and fix it later. But right now I'm running a sale because I got to pay people. Like, you just have to keep showing up every single day, committed to growing your company. That's all I got for you. So good. One of the things that you said to me before we started recording was, and I, I just want everyone to onboard this because it's important. You said that you wanted to make sure that you had a million dollar e-commerce business first before you set your sights on some of these big kind of sexy opportunities with majors and, and different, uh, different opportunities that could go really well or could go off the rails. You said you wanted to have that million dollar e-commerce business. And I think that's super smart because you control that at the end of the day. Again, I'm going to just put it out there like I, the only way I know how. Being a Black woman, I have seen, I have been passed over for a lot of opportunities that people that I have actually mentored, they have chosen them. And I'm looking like, <laughs> you don't even know how to fill this PO. You have to call me to ask me how to fill the PO. But when I approached the same rep group, they told me no, but they readily picked you up. and so. I said, when I kept experiencing that, I said, I'm going to control the money flow as much as humanly possible. And I do business with who I want to do business with. I take calls from people that I want to take calls from. I talk to who I want to talk to because at the end of the day, I go direct to the consumer and I control every aspect of this company, good, bad, or indifferent. Like, And if it's bad, I'm willing to take on the responsibility and the repercussions of it being bad and just learn from it. That attitude really is good for any business now. You have the ability to go direct to your consumers. There are no gatekeepers. Yeah. There's no one saying, hey, um, if you don't do X, you can't you know, make money. If you don't give me a cut of your sales, you can't make money. I don't have to talk to those people. If I don't like your numbers, I just be like, I don't, I don't like your numbers. I don't like your terms. And we're doing great without you. And, yeah. and so it creates a certain amount of power and confidence. I think that comes along so that if, you know, Target calls me, if we get into Target, like if I'm talking to a Target type situation, that's great. If I don't get into Target, that's fine too, because everybody still eats. Yeah, It's not going to make or break the business. And the other thing, there's a lot of stress and strife and terms that come with those corporate accounts. So it sounds all glamorous mm -hmm. until you read the fine print. And then you realize if any one thing goes wrong, it literally could bankrupt your company. Do you have the funds, you know, yeah. to offset like what could go wrong with these corporate accounts? Do you? If you don't, like it really could be the end of your business. And plenty of businesses have gone over under for, you know, working with the Walmarts, the Targets, the, yeah. you know, these huge uh, chains. So I just wanted to, for, for me, I said, I'm going to control the money as much as possible and control the opportunities. And anytime something shows up that I don't want to do, I'm just not going to do it because I don't have to. Yeah. It put it put all the power in your on your lap. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't take that step to build that e-commerce business, which I think you said took about a year and a half to mm -hmm. really, uh, feel confident that you had that and you could scale it. If you hadn't have done that, then then you would be spinning the wheel and risking mm -hmm. 
a lot every day. It's so good. So uh, you know how much I admire you. And you have given so much advice for everyone who's listening to this call today. I have one question. Well, I have two actually, but the first one is, tell me, what would the Deshaun of today who's running this, I think you're going to be a multi-million business this year. And, you know, the Deshaun of, well, even pre-2018, who was making candles uh, in her garage, what is the one thing you would tell her? What would you say to her? The one thing that I would say I tell everybody is to stop putting limitations on your thoughts. Even now, I struggle with that. But I try to have an open mind and say anything is possible. And I know that kind of sounds cliche. Yeah. But when you set a number, when I set my number at 20,000, I literally made 20,000. When I set my number at a million, I made a million. So now I just go, okay, my thoughts are so powerful that I have to control the growth of the company, but what is the maximum number that I think I could do and still be able to grow the company? And then I keep coming up with numbers until I feel so uncomfortable with that number. And then that's the number that I go for. And so now my number is like 5 million because at the time I was like, oh my God, 5 million just seems so like, how would I do? How can I do 5 million? Like what? And then I was like, that clearly is my next goal. We may do 5 million next year just because I have set that that is our number now. It might take me like two years to get there, but in the big scheme of things, literally last year my number was like fifty thousand, and now my number is like two hundred thousand a month, three hundred thousand a month. Wow. We've actually had a, I think we did four hundred thousand dollars one month. Crazy! It was crazy, and I was like, "We ain't doing this again. This is too much." <laughs> Like, yeah, don't expect just because you set up that number that it's going to be easy. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy at all. So but you, you would tell Deshaun, pre-2018 Deshaun, think bigger. Think big. Or have the confidence to think better, bigger. Yeah, just think bigger. Like, just think, the what is the most audacious goal that you can think of? Have it for a year, have it for five years, have it for 10 years. So good. What is the most audacious goal? And so for me, when I was thinking about the company, I said, what if I ran a company that had a $100 million valuation? I mean, that number still makes me uncomfortable. Like it, I, when I say it now, I just be thinking, girl, like you really tripping, but uh, we're going we gonna to see what happens. You know, we're just going to see if you can do it. If you don't do it and it's only 50 million still, that, that's pretty amazing too. So I, I just chose a number that just makes me so freaking uncomfortable. And then I'm going to work towards that. So I would tell anybody, just think so much bigger about yourself and your capabilities and your business and then work towards it. So good. So I don't really have to ask what's next for you, do I? It's five million. Oh, I tell everybody, world domination. I, I plan on <laughs> summer elegance becoming like an uh, uh, international brand. I plan on licensing the name. Um, once we get our really strong foundation, licensing the name. I tell everybody, like, I don't have no, no shame. I want to be the Black Paladin. Like, I want cookbook, pots and pans, sheets, 
uh, I don't towels, anything that you can put a logo on. I plan on putting some elegance on it. Like I want us to be Martha Stewart, Paula Dean, Joanna Gaines. Like I don't know how to get there. I don't really, you know, I don't know if that's possible. But again, it goes back to just having this audacious, gigantic dream. And so that's the dream for the company. We'll see if I get there. I mean, if we don't get there, we'll still be, you know, great. But yeah, maybe we'll get there. I don't know. You never. Well, you have the personality for it, and you set yourself up because you've been so authentic every step of the yeah. way. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's what I want to do. No. So listen, um, where where should people go to learn more about you? I think they definitely have to go to your your website southernelegance.com but where else should they go to to follow you everywhere I, I love listen now this is this is the flex that I love I love being able to say oh just google me google Deshaun Russell I think you, you everything will come up or google southern elegance it'll come up and go to our about page and you can read about me there or go to our press page um, Southern Elegance, and you'll see all of our stories. Like, that is the biggest flex right now to be talking to somebody and they're giving me the side eye, and I'll be like, no, really, Google me. Yep. So you can just Google me. Google Deshaun Russell, Southern Elegance Candle Company, and everything you need to know will come up. And I'm on every single uh, social media platform. Right now, my favorite is TikTok. And actually, I just got <laughs> accepted into a small business TikTok program also. Um, because I love TikTok so much. So you can follow me on TikTok. You can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me and anywhere there the brand is. There's always some behind the scenes type stuff where I'm talking about what it takes to build a brand. So right now I'm literally talking about on TikTok and Instagram, my goal of getting us to consistently having $100,000 per month on our uh, e-commerce platform. We do a hundred thousand dollars a month easily every month, but we don't do it direct to consumer. You know, we do it through Amazon, you know, Macy's, um, other online selling platforms where it, wholesale, but I want to get us to consistently a hundred thousand dollars through my e-commerce, uh, platform. So follow, you can follow me on TikTok to see how I plan on doing that. Right now, we're probably at about fifty to $60,000 a month. So I got $30,000 per month to go consistently for us to get to 100000 strictly on our e-commerce site. And the same struggles that you know they have are the same struggles that I have at this level. So yeah, but definitely follow me on TikTok. Deshaun, our CEO on TikTok would be, I think, beneficial for everyone. Well, I'm going to go. But listen, here's what I want you all to take away from that. The parting words from Deshaun. I see so many of you talking about SEO, SEO, SEO. So Deshaun has not said, oh, I've got to figure out how to do SEO. But she's right. You Google her and it will come up. All these assets that she's created, all these things she's done, just by being authentic, that's the best SEO ever, isn't it? Yeah, you know, so... SEO is one of those things that, you know, when the internet first appeared, you better have it right. Now there are so many ways for people to find you that mm -hmm. it's almost like, I'm not going to say afterthought, but you can build an internet presence without focusing on SEO. Exactly. And then at some point, 
point in time, I just want to say this part too. At some point in time, you're going to have to hire somebody to do all of this stuff that, you, that y'all are thinking about. I don't send emails anymore. I did in the beginning, but eventually I had to hire somebody to do the emails. I don't send my own emails. I don't run my own Facebook ads. I mean, but what we do is based off of everything that I learned from Susan. So when I bring people on, I'll be like, hey, this is how we're doing it. You got to get on board with what we're doing. So at some point in time, you are going to hire for all of these uh, sophisticated things. But until you get to that point, like you don't really have to worry about it. You Google me, it's going to be page after page after page after page after page of who I am in my company. Then there's all the SEO you need to know. Yeah. You keep showing up, you know, it'll happen. Just you keep showing up. Following. Yeah, you build your following on social media. Those people from TikTok, buy. The people from Instagram, buy. Facebook people, buy. They're not Googling me, and I'm not hoping that I show up on the first page. I'm hoping that my social media presence drive enough people to my website that they get on my email list. Oh, my God. I should have talked about email and how much money we make off of freaking email. Oh, God. We'll, we'll have to do this again. Well, I really do want to talk about, like, in depth of, like, what we do and how we do it and how the same things that you're doing with an email list that's a thousand. We're doing it now with 40,000 and we're trying to get it to 50,000 and then a hundred thousand. But the same concepts apply, like. It doesn't matter where you are. There's just some basic principles that work. But at some point in time, you're going to let go of all of that and hire experts to take it over for you. But until then, just learn the basics and know what you're doing and focus on your social media and being authentic. You're the best. Thank, Thank you. you. So Thank you. I know Thank you for having me. Oh, are you kidding? I've been, <laughs> I've been dying to have you. It's the best. You're the best because you're so wise and uh, you're so real. You're so authentic. And I think that there are a lot of people that just need to hear that and understand that we all wake up every morning trying to figure out how to move our businesses forward. And, and if you think that anyone has an experience that is not bumpy, not ugly, you know, perfect and everything goes their way, you're fooling yourself. So Thank you so much, my friend. I can't wait to meet you in person. In person, I know. <laughs> I feel like I've known you forever, but we haven't met in person. So that's the next thing. Yes. Thank yeah. you. See you soon. Hey, listen, if you like what we're working on here at the Roadmap to 50K, and it's helping you get clarity on your next steps, I think you really have to check out our inner circle. You know, it is just an amazing place to learn how to build your business the right way. And you get to do it with a wonderful group of store owners that support each other and will cheer you on. You know, in the inner circle, our only purpose is to help our members get results. And because of that, we actually have dedicated coaches that are fully trained and available to work one-on-one with you. And we offer that to our members at crazy affordable prices because I know that sometimes you just need a little extra help to get past a roadblock so that you can move on and make progress again. So if this sounds good to you, I want you to head on over to the socialsalesgirls.com forward slash inner dash circle and get on the wait list. We will send you a lesson so that you can see what's waiting for you on the inside. And we'll also invite you to join us the next time we are open to take new members. 
So listen, friends, that's all. Thank you so much for spending your time with me and I will see you next week.